wants to reveal himself to us. And you know, or you wouldn't be here in this place, you know that God wants to work through you. All of those, all of those are beautiful prepositions that we find in scripture, the for, the to, the through, but none of them are possible without the with. There is no for or to or through without the with. And it's the with that is the word of the season, isn't it? God, God with, God with us, Emmanuel. So the first chapter of Matthew, which Carol read a portion for us this morning, in that first chapter, Joseph is having all kinds of problems with prepositions. He is engaged to a lovely young woman whom he thought was a perfectly suitable choice, but that engagement has been shattered by the news of her pregnancy, and she is gasp with child. And suddenly, all of the plans that they have been making have been interrupted by that question that we all ask when things take a turn, what now? Scripture is clear that Joseph has already answered the what now for himself, and he's answered it with integrity, with compassion. He's decided that instead of publicly shaming or endangering Mary, that he'll end the engagement quickly and privately, um, a process which would actually take a formal divorce, since an engagement was a formal contract. It could only be ended by divorce. And that, that divorce would decide their preposition forever. But now an angel appears, appears to Joseph and throws a wrench into everything. For one thing, the angel's prepositions are all off. Mary is with child, and this child is from the Holy Spirit. And the instructions now from God are for Joseph to marry her and to give this child a name. Can you imagine naming God? Because this child, whose name will be Jesus, will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus isn't the only one given in this passage. And, and happening to fulfill a prophecy from Isaiah, it says a virgin will give birth to a son and will be called Emmanuel. And here's our with. God with us. Two names. One that Joseph is supposed to give. And in giving a name... Joseph will be claiming this child publicly as his own. Only parents give names. That first name that's given, Jesus, says that he will save his people from their sins. And this is the wrong from. This is not the preposition that they were expecting. Salvation of God, what they were awaiting and expecting in terms of salvation, they were waiting salvation from empire. Salvation from occupation, from oppression, salvation from Rome. And what's all this business about from, from their sins? Paula Gooder in her book, Journey to the Manger, says, Indeed, the suggestion that anyone other than God and outside the temple could forgive sins would have been shocking. Since forgiveness was tied up with the temple worship and with sacrifice, this new lens, it identifies the enemy of God's people not just as an oppressive foreign ruler, but as the power of sin that enslaves them. Here 
hearing this name, hearing the from implied in it might have offended a lot of people. Not just they needed to be saved from empire, but from the sin within themselves. The name Jesus has a from, but it, it's not the from anyone expected. And then, then there's this other name, the name of the season, Emmanuel. The name with the with. This is a, a strange claim here that in the birth of a baby, God could be with us. It's like, it's like a gender reveal party, only instead of pink balloons or blue balloons, instead of it's a boy, it's a girl, you get it's a Messiah. <laughs> Congratulations. This is not what they were expecting to be with. This is God with us. They had been hoping for that, but not not in a vulnerable little baby. This with feels off. The with is now up to Joseph. It's up to him to decide because Mary is with child. And he has to say once and for all, is he with her? Will he be with this baby? Will he, who has done nothing to set this strange sequence of events in motion, place his paternal covering, his legitimacy over Mary, over this baby, and declare to the world, there with me. His previous decision would have let him off the hook. But now this angel has put him back on the hook and deeper than ever. Put him there, meaning that to follow God's will will to be to follow further into danger to follow further into jeopardy for his reputation, his family of origin. Sometimes God's calling doesn't solve our problems at all. It may even deepen them and place us into the thick of problems we never asked for. So what we do when called will really depend on how we understand the width. And the answer to any calling that God wants to hear is for us to say, God, I'm with you. To answer his call, Joseph has to empty himself. He has to empty himself of pride, of reputation, of hopes and dreams, and ready himself for humility, maybe even humiliation, all to declare that he is with this child. And that's what he does. He he gives this baby the name Jesus. And in giving that name, he's not just giving a name, he's giving his obedience. He's giving his paternity as far as the world is concerned. He's saying, he's with me, and I will protect him, this vulnerable little person. In giving a name, Joseph is offering his with. God wants to know in this season, are you with me? Because I've come to be with you. But Joseph's not the only one taking a risk in this arrangement. He's not even taking the biggest risk. If Joseph has humbled himself even just a little, what about the God who humbles himself to become human flesh? In taking the name Emmanuel, the other name, Jesus empties himself. He says, in effect, of this world, I'm with them. Not just the them of Joseph and Mary, but the them, the them that's us. 
the them that is all of humanity. He will say, as he has throughout time of this world, I'm with them. I was with them walking in the cool of the garden. I was with them in the pillar of cloud and fire. I was with them so closely as to be called a friend to Abraham. It's this with, this coming to earth of this tiny baby that are echoing the words. In the beginning, the word was with God. And the word was God. It's a prediction of the words at the end where God will openly declare how he wants to culminate this story, that God's dwelling place will now be with his people and he will dwell with them. The end of revelation that he will be with them and they will be, he will be their God. And here we are opening Matthew, the very first chapter, with the with of Emmanuel, God with us, and, and the same gospel will end with this baby fully grown, declaring, surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When Joseph and Mary's plans got shattered, when they got turned upside down, God showed them that he is the God of the what now. He does not leave when things get difficult. In fact, he doubles down on the with. Anyone whose life has ever veered so far off course of what they had planned that they begin to ask, what now? will be grateful to hear of the withness of this Messiah. And that makes it so appropriate that he is born into a family without resources. A family so in danger of being stripped of their reputation, so vulnerable that they'll be without a place to stay so hunted that they will flee as refugees, and so committed to this baby that they will protect him with their lives. The same baby who will eventually give his life for them. With is a vulnerable word. Joseph has to answer with his own with to make himself vulnerable to welcome this baby. And, and this baby, this God with us, makes himself vulnerable to be with Joseph and Mary and with all of us. George MacDonald put it into verse, We were all looking for a king to slay our foes and lift us high, but thou came a little baby thing that made a mother cry. God could have done things to us. I mean, he could have done things through us. He could have done things at us, but he chose to be with us the preposition through which all others flow. He chose to become vulnerable for the vulnerable, wretched for the wretched, poor for the poor, to show up to be with the ones who need a savior the most. I'm here for the sickest among them, he said. The healthy don't even need a doctor. So what will you do when your life hits the what now? Where will you turn for the with? because it's usually the most vulnerable that get it, because they need God the most. One of my favorite Christmas stories remains one where the most vulnerable are the ones with something to teach us. A little over 20 years ago, a group of American educators found themselves with an unusual invitation. 
Just after the fall of the Iron Curtain, the Russian Department of Education reached out to them, sought help from these American educators, and invited them to come, to come and visit their country. They explained that the culture of corruption they have lived under behind the Iron Curtain had been there for so long that it had dragged their society under. And they wanted someone to come, someone with a diplomatic visit to teach morals and ethics. And they wanted them to teach in very public places, in, in fire and police departments, in prisons, even in public schools. And their last stop on this diplomatic tour was a large orphanage where about 100 boys and girls who had been abandoned or abused or orphaned had been left in the care of the government. And it just so happened that their, their visit to this orphanage coincided with the week of Christmas. And so they decided it would be good for these orphans to hear, many of them, for the very first time, the story of the first Christmas. And so they told the story, the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus who was born and placed in a manger. And as they told it, the children were spellbound. From youngest to oldest, even the orphanage staff, many of them sat on the edge of their stools and leaned in in amazement as they listened to this unusual story. And when they had finished telling the story, uh, these teachers did what everyone who works with children does. When you finish the story, you know, they made a craft. <laughs> and because they were in such an impoverished area where there were no materials, they brought most of what they needed with them. As their story finished, they gave each of the children three small pieces of cardboard to make a crude manger scene. Each child was given a small piece of paper cut from yellow napkins, since there was no colored paper available in the city. Following instructions, the children cut the paper into strips and laid them in a manger for straw. And then they took a, a piece of flannel saved from a worn-out nightgown someone had thrown away and divided it up among the children and a small piece of tan felt. And they cut a doll-like baby from that tan felt that they had brought with them. And as the orphans were busy arranging their manger, one of the Americans walked among them to see if they needed any help. All was going well until they got to the table where one little boy whose name was Misha sat. And he looked to be about six years old and he had finished his, pro his project, but as they looked, they saw something unusual, something amiss. As they looked, they were startled to see not one baby, but two in Misha's manger. And so they called for a translator to ask the boy, why are there two babies in the manger? And crossing his arms in front of them, as he looked at his completed manger scene, this child began to do what children do next. He began to tell them back the same story that they had told him. He began to repeat it word by word, very seriously. And for such a young child who had only heard it once, he seemed to remember it in exact detail. He told about Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem, how no one would take them in. And it was all very accurate until he came to the part of the story where Mary put the baby Jesus in the manger. And that's when, as children do, that's when Misha went off script. 
he made up his own ending to the story. He said, and when Maria laid the little baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him, I have no mama and no papa, so I don't have a place of my own to stay. And then, and then Jesus told me I could stay with him. But I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to bring like everybody else did. But I wanted to stay with Jesus very much. So I thought about what I had that maybe I could use for a gift. I told him that sometimes in the orphanage we climbed under one blanket to keep warm. And so I asked Jesus, if I keep you warm, will that be a good enough gift? And Jesus told me, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. And so Misha said, so I got in the manger. And then Jesus looked at me and he told me I could stay with him for always. And as little Misha finished his story, tears were rolling down his face. This child had encountered the Christ child in a simple story and craft. And he didn't even notice that those who had told him the story, and even the translator too, were wiping tears from their own eyes. This, this little boy hearing this story for the first time had heard something that many of us who hear it year after year miss, that the arrival of a savior wasn't just about conquering or condemning, but it was about a God who longed to be with his children, a God who climbed into our world to be with us, and that that God with us, it wasn't just a declaration, it was an invitation. Will you be with me? And that invitation needs an answer the invitation to climb in and stay with him forever. What if, what if those teachers hadn't been open to that unexpected Christmas moment, to going off the script that they had so carefully planned? What if someone had corrected this little boy instead of listening to him? What if somebody had come over and said, I'm sorry, you can only have one baby. You fail at crafts. You know, ministry involves just as much listening as it does talking. It involves just as much learning as it does teaching. Sometimes you don't know which one you're going to end up doing. Ministry is a with kind of enterprise. One where we make ourselves vulnerable to learn from the least of these and to the idea that a little child can lead us. One that we open ourselves to this strange truth that no matter how well we think we know this story, it will surprise us every year because God is in it and with us. And what he has been saying from the very beginning is that this gift was so anticipated and yet so unexpected because the with came in such a strange way. Emmanuel. God with us, here to stay. Amen.